small business banking is, uh, according to McKinsey, 20% of global banking revenues. Like it's a massive category. And I, I mentioned before, my belief is it's an anchor to a whole bunch of other dimensions of the relationship. So you can probably count it as 30% of global banking revenues when you attach you know, the peripheral opportunities to it. Like I don't think a bank or a credit union or, or an institution can afford not to do it. Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, where James Robert interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay, and welcome to the 102nd episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, and I'm excited to welcome Gord Baisley to the show. Gord is the CEO at Judy.ai, and they are helping small business lenders make the most of economics of small business work through AI and automation with underwriting, monitoring, and portfolio reporting. Now, I'm excited to talk with Gord about the work he and his team are doing at Judy AI because we are continuing to see a tremendous growth opportunity for financial brands to maximize their own digital growth with a focus on the SMB market. And with that, welcome to the show, Gord. Thanks very much for having me. Excited to be here and looking forward to a great uh, conversation about small business lending. Absolutely. And speaking of exciting, what is one thing that you are excited about right now, just personally or professionally, your pick? I would say I'm excited about uh, something that blends into both, which is the world is coming back to life. And uh, obviously, we're, we're all able to start to, to live, a, live a little and then hopefully get COVID behind us. We're a little behind you here in Canada, but we're getting there. And professionally, obviously, that's really um, an exciting time, too. We've found, uh, you know, when COVID first sort of onset itself on us, uh, things slowed down for a quarter or two. But but it's uh, since that time been really, I think, disrupting the way institutions think and driving digitization and innovation. And uh, hopefully uh, there'll be some, I guess, some good to come of this on the other side of it. So uh, looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Yeah, that's been a repeated pattern and trend that we're hearing from others. And you mentioned that you got out to go play golf recently with a client and they're just overwhelmed right now with a lot of opportunity right yeah absolutely i mean there uh i think all of the uh certainly mid-sized financial institutions are, are frantically trying to digitize you know and get COVID force some of that some of that was happening anyway they were saying you know their it team is uh the words they use but it's under siege in a positive way but there's just so much demand on them you know for projects and getting a project prioritized is a real uh real art so Yeah. And that comes down to just wanting to capture all the opportunity. And as I've mentioned, I see opportunity with the SMB market. 
this has been a one of my top 12 trends for digital growth in 2021. I, I referenced back in episode number 55. Ron Shevlin also touched on that in episode 58. I'm excited about the work that Corey LeBlanc and his team are doing, which he referenced in episode 73 in the SMB market, and then just had Derek Sutton on in episode 94. So that's some context for the dear listener that this is, this is something that keeps coming up time and time again. But Gord, I want to hear from you right now why do you feel that the smb market is primed for financial brands as a way to maximize their own future digital growth potential yeah i mean there are a few reasons uh, you know first of all it's just a massive segment right so uh depending on the data you look at but it employs the majority of americans the majority of businesses are small businesses so it's a huge opportunity but it's one that's kind of been lost because it's hard to service. So it's been either buried in the retail divisions of the large banks and not serviced properly as a result, or it's been uh, stuck into the commercial processes of, of banks and credit unions, which in particular with respect to lending, a, a large dollar commercial process doesn't work for small business lending. And so, so there's this massive market that's been untapped. And, and I think there's an opportunity here to blend relationship banking with technology and data and sort of come up with the best of all worlds, I guess, to service that market. So that's what we're trying to do here. Before we get into deeper some of those opportunities, I want to start with the pain points. What are those pain points, those friction points that you are seeing through the conversations that you're having with financial brands when it comes to connecting with those small to mid-sized businesses? What's hurting them right now? Yeah, I mean, most of the financial brands just find it hard to service that segment. The economics are challenging, right? So that you got small dollar loans, and I refer to small business as or small business lending as uh, the worst of all worlds in the middle. So on the left, you've you've got consumer lending, right? Credit score driven, pretty straightforward, and then you've got large dollar commercial lending on the right, which is uh, you can spend some time on it. The economics uh, work to to do that, but uh, you can't treat in the middle a fifty thousand dollar loan or even a five hundred thousand dollar like a $50 million loan. And, and that's been the challenge endemic to the space. So you've got, you know, low hit rate on credit scores for the business itself. You've got financial statements that are hard to get. You know, right? we had a prospect the other day talk about a game of ping pong they have with these, these types of businesses where it's back and forth, back and forth on the information. And then it's not reliable when you get it. And then the analysis, you can't spend a bunch of time on the analysis. So all of that adds up to economics that don't work. And if the economics don't work, then the customer experience isn't going to work either. You talked about this being a growing market, and we're seeing that. I'm curious to get your thoughts for the dear listener, because this is an untapped opportunity here. Where and how does the growing gig economy play into this conversation? Because you're right, up this, to this point, historically, I would say the gig economy has gotten hidden or has been hidden in the consumer side of things. It's now time to pull that out and give it its own space to play in. It is. And, and, and it, it's um, small business is hard and, and the gig economy creates an added dimension to that complexity. It's, you know, the business for self or whatever you want to call it. And you've got now people and businesses that look the same, but they're neither. And so you need to find a way to untangle that and untangle it efficiently and hopefully draw on some of the efficiency that is in consumer lending and apply that to you know, small business slash gig economy lending while not losing the rigor of commercial lending so that you don't lose your shirt. And, and you need tech and data to do that. And that's where the opportunity is because you've, you've touched on this a couple of times now. You mentioned the efficiency and, and there's a great infographic that you have on your website that shows the traditional 
SMB lending journey being, you know, one to four weeks, but you're talking about taking that from down to just mere minutes. Now, my question is going deeper, what are some of those more specific opportunities that financial brands have to really innovate the SMB lending model here? Yeah, I, I think there's really three opportunities, right? One is just speed. So can you speed up the process and get to a faster decision? And that's that's the efficiency play, right? If you can do things faster with less resources, you get a, a better result quicker. The second one is managing risk. And, and ultimately, if you're managing risk better, you can reduce the loss rates, but more importantly, you could expand the credit box. And so if you can provide more credit to small businesses, that's a big win, you know, on any given survey, you'll look at 50% of small businesses complain that uh, lack of capital is their largest problem, right? So, mm-hmm. so if you can use tech to solve that problem. And then if, if you get speed and if you get a, an expanded credit box, you've got a way better customer experience. So that's a massive win for obviously the small business, but also the institution in terms of retaining the client. And, and our view is that small business and banking and small business lending is, is actually a pretty strategic part of the relationship. And if you have that, you probably get the consumer side and the mortgages and wealth management. So we have a few clients that, that definitely look at it that way. And, and um, you know, rather than looking at it just as another part of the retail business. So there's the trifecta of speed, reducing speed, risk, improving the risk model, particularly for the business owner, because that pain point is access to capital. And then when you add those two together, it's an optimized experience that makes people feel good. And you can tap deeper into the business wallet. But then also you've got a whole opportunity of of employees who work at said business because then that that employer becomes the advocate for the financial brand and can really, I mean, it's a a win-win-win, win for the the small business and the small business owner, a win for the financial brand, and even a win for the employees of the small business when you add all of these different components together. Where might, because you've you've touched on technology and data a couple of times now too, where might there be an opportunity for a financial brand to transform their model to move from really being reactive, waiting for an SMB to raise their hand and say, I need help, to taking more of a proactive stance in that SMB's life, if you will, to provide recommendations, to provide advice, and dare I even say to provide maybe some even coaching and advisory services based upon the data that they're seeing from that SMB. What what does that look like here? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's certainly where all of this is going, where our platform is going. You know, we've started with looking at everything through the risk lens, right? And so all the data we ingest, we're, we're looking to assess risk, but you quickly transfer from, okay, this is a, a, a risk assessment in, in reaction to an application to let's do a risk assessment as part of a pre-approval process or a cross-sell or upsell process. But then you're into, okay, forget about risk for a sec. What else is in the data? What else yes. can we extract from there? You know, is that just sitting on too much cash and you better call the wealth management team or they've got a bank account or a, or a loan with another institution or these guys could use some insurance or, you know, so, so when you're looking at the data, you're, and, and our clients are quickly pushing us there saying, well, if, if, if you're looking at sitting on all this data and you've got the, the talent to, do, to and the tech to look at it, please bring us the growth opportunities as well. So that's coming. 
And that's where I see more of the proactive coaching advisory next best product. I mean, we're seeing that already in the QuickBooks world. We're seeing that in the Amex world. I mean, I get offers based upon all the data that they have on me and could get access to capital literally within five minutes if I needed it. But it's interesting too to see what's going on on like, for example, the payroll side, like with Gusto and how Gusto is bringing financial services. So there's a a tremendous opportunity. My question, when it comes to innovation and transforming not only the model, but transforming the mindset, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing holding financial brands back from optimizing and innovating on this SMB lending experience? And really just, I would say the overall relationship as a whole, what's keeping them from making progress here? Yeah, a couple of things. The first one I, we already touched on, but just resources, you know, and there's so much digital transformation to be done and so many digital projects underway that, you know, getting this particular dimension prioritized is always a challenge. And so they've got to fight that. I guess the second one would be, would be just cultural. So, you know, we're selling in particular into community banks and credit unions and, and, um, you know, they're very protective of their positions as, as relationship lenders and stewards of the relationship, which as they should be, that's their, that's their competitive advantage. But they don't have to think of this as mutually exclusive. Technology and data can unlock time for the relationship and for higher value activities. And, and so it's not that you're automating customer service into oblivion. It's, it's quite the opposite, actually. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise the bar and give you more time for that relationship. Technology has transformed our world, and digital has changed the way consumers shop for and buy financial services forever. Now, consumers make purchase decisions long before they walk into a branch, if they walk into a branch at all. But your financial brand still wants to grow loans and deposits. We get it. Digital growth can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming for any financial brand marketing and sales leader. But it doesn't have to, because James Robert wrote the book, that guides you every step of the way along your digital growth journey. Visit www.digitalgrowth.com to get a preview of his best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside, you'll find a strategic marketing manifesto that was written to transform financial brands, and it is packed full of practical and proven insights you can start using today to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Now back to the show. What's using automation and AI, artificial intelligence as not a replacement, but an augmentation to the internal talent, to the internal resource that can then provide better recommendations, that proactive coaching guidance advisory model. But let's dig deep into that, that idea of culture, of a mindset. Where's the gap and what do you feel could be done to begin to bridge that gap to say, hey, we're not trying to replace anyone. We're just trying to make you even better so that you can do even more for your clients. A lot of the, the culture obviously starts with leadership saying, look, this is a priority and we're going to drive this, right? And I've talked to, I remember distinctly being in a meeting uh, recently with a credit union and it was an ex- a C-suite executive uh, talking to us about, look, I know that uh, my competition isn't the bank down the street or the credit union down the street. It's going to be Amazon or Facebook or you know all of the platform guys that are getting into 
small business lending and then banking. And so that mindset had them running fast at, okay, where, what are the ways that we can iterate and, and digitize quickly and not just take on massive digital transformation projects, but actually find some quick wins. And I think that's a key mindset in terms of the culture is, is can you iterate quickly and, and not just look for a platform that's going to solve everything all at once. You know, you talk about this idea of quick wins. We were we were discussing being able to get set up and running in eight weeks versus, you know, two to three years. And by that time, it's it's too long. Let's talk about cash flow data, because you wrote about this being an old piece of jewelry with a new battery, that new battery being machine learning and how that can help address some of the SMB credit conundrums that are, are really a, a big sticking point. So where does cash flow data play into the mix here from being able to help make some of these proactive recommendations and decisions? Yeah, I mean, it's a critical piece of the puzzle. And it's what allows us to, you know, not have to pour over financial statements and do a bunch of manual analysis. And, and uh, like we wrote about, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't look at this because it, w- it would have been manual processes. Now with some of the machine learning technologies available, we can untangle that, you know, a bank statement's a bowl of spaghetti. It's cryptic and it's, you know, pages and pages and months and months of data. You can look at, you know, if you have 12 months of data to look at and five, five pages per month, you got 60 pages of very cryptic transactions. But imagine now if you could quickly turn that into a synthetic income statement and then quickly extract, you know, proxies for ratios out of that. Well, you can automate the lending process almost in seconds as a result. And then from there, to your point, you're also looking at saying, okay, where are the, where's the growth and the gold in there too? So, so the, the whole idea of looking at cash flow data has really transformed lending. And it started with the fintech lenders, you know, several years ago. And, and um, now, and that's where we were born and incubated within one of those. And, and, and so the idea of using that sort of alternative data, which is debatable because it's been around a long time, but, but uh, it's, it's key. It's definitely uh, critical to the transformation that's underway. You mentioned being spun out of, uh, of of fintech. I have to ask you, when it comes to SMB lending, what is a common belief that others in this industry might have that you just passionately disagree with? Yeah, I would say, you know, there would be lenders out there, whether it's uh, commercial lenders or retailers that don't think you can, you can have, run an SMB portfolio profitably and efficiently and that it's worth the trouble. And uh, I would passionately disagree that you actually can do that. Not only you can, but you need to. It's you know, small business banking is, uh, according to McKinsey, twenty percent of global banking revenues. Like it's a massive category. And I, I mentioned before, my belief is it's an anchor to a whole bunch of other dimensions of the relationship. So you can probably count it as thirty percent of global banking revenues when you attach the peripheral opportunities to it. Like I don't think a bank or a credit union or or an institution can afford not to do it. And getting really practical, let's let's take one of um, the financial brands that you've been able to work with and optimize this experience. And you don't have to name names here, but what did they come to you with? They came to you with a problem. What was that problem that they addressed? And you were like, hey, we can definitely solve that problem for you. What did their past look like before uh, working with you guys? Yeah, so I can think of one 
one client in particular, a credit union that came to us and, and um, they felt that they weren't properly servicing their members in this respect and that it was a massive opportunity. And the way credit unions think, it's not just an opportunity, but it's actually something they have to do. Like this is a service we need to provide to our members. And, and so we've got to make it more efficient and we've got to be able to lend these small dollar amounts without taking weeks and months and you know ruining the economics and ruining the customer and member experience. And so this was actually our, our, our first client essentially that was arm's length when we were spun out of our uh, of the fintech, and so this is exactly what we were doing inside the fintech, and we had the benefit of having gone through all the trial and error, I guess, uh, and, and the growing pains as a lender ourselves uh, before spinning out and, and reselling the platform. And so, you, how important? thinking about this is doing some type of benchmarking. It might even be competitive benchmarking against others because coming back to the point about culture, about leadership, what I find is the big thing that holds people back is just the lack of knowledge, A, of what is possible, or B, it's the fear of the unknown. And so by doing some type of benchmarking study, i.e., let's just call it digital secret shopping, I'm curious how many SMB lenders have ever done that comparative to, say, like a Cabbage or any of these other neo lenders in the marketplace who literally are, are, are making the claim that, you know, you could get access to capital and cash sometimes in minutes. And that's a very attractive offer for a small business owner like myself, knowing that there's a lot more on the other side of that equation, just because of my knowledge of the industry, but from the average SMB owner. So where does that fall in of just helping build some awareness for just the general marketplace that they might not know that they have a problem? Yeah, I mean, and, and and obviously we try and relay our experiences to people and communicate the edge that these lenders have too, right? Um, aside from the customer service and customer experience angle that, that I think is critical in small business lending, because small businesses want to have a relationship. But aside from that, the alternative lenders that you just mentioned, they have a pretty high cost of capital. So the economic model is radically different. That's where we keep coming back to, you know, community banks, Credit unions, I think, are in pole position when it comes to small business lending. They have the relationships, they got the local knowledge, and they got a really low cost of capital. So, you know, all they need to do is is adopt a little bit of technology and and obviously transform that cultural piece. But they should win that that piece of business more often than not. When we think about deployment here, I mentioned before, you know, there's a lot of ways to slice and dice deployment. Sometimes it's we try to get to the 100% before we launch. I'm a big believer. Let's get it 80%, get it out, test it, iterate it. Pilot programs, right? Pilot programs, I think, are a great way to to show proof of concept, to help build the confidence of others internally who might not even be fully aware of, once again, the opportunity, but they might not even believe that there's a better way forward because they're clinging to the past. How do pilot programs play into de- the deployment of new types of technologies and really, in this particular case, new types of thinking here? Yeah, they're important. And, you know, there's varying uh... I guess flavors of pilot programs, anything from a you know a quick trial, run this run this with two or three advisors to see how you feel about it. There's uh, do a retro analysis on your data to see what you would have decided using this platform, for example. And then there's uh, you know run it in parallel with your existing systems for a while until you get comfort, and then you can you know gradually wean off the, the parallel systems, expand the scope of and, you know whether it's loan size or number of advisors. There's lots of ways to to get to the comfort level that you you require. 
But there's also, you know, when we look at pilot programs and really like this becomes the new definitive operating model, it doesn't only improve the SMB's experience, the prospective client's experience, but it also improves the employee experience as well from a time reduction savings. Do you have any any lessons learned from that? Absolutely. In fact, uh, we've been talking about this from a marketing perspective, but a couple of our longest standing clients, our biggest fans are the frontline employees that are doing the small business lending, you know, and it's yeah. often small business lending is with, you know, in the retail branches or with the small business advisors. And they're even expected to do the underwriting in some cases, which they don't love to do, not, not necessarily trained to do. And so they transform from sort of hating small business lending because it's a ton of work for a small win for them to, okay, that was pretty easy. And, and now that's a win and I can get on to managing the relationship like I want to manage it. So it, it, it really can transform an employee experience as well. Man, I can't help but just think as you're talking through this, you know, another big theme that we've been having on the podcast is this idea of thought leadership, building a personal brand in a digital world. An SMB lender is primed for this opportunity, particularly if they're able to free up time, free up capacity to become a thought leader, to share content in that local marketplace, to build the relationship digitally, and then to be able to service it digitally. It's once again, it's almost a, it's a double win when we thinking about this. And, and two, you know, there's, there was research from Gartner that said 70% of small businesses would change their primary bank for digital access to products. So growth opportunity right there. Gord, this has been a fantastic conversation, a lot of great practical insights, but let's get super, super practical here as we wrap things up. Because I'm a big believer that all change, all transformation begins with very small, simple steps, micro wins, if you will. What would be that one small micro recommendation, that small micro commitment a dear listener could make or recommend internally to someone else just to begin to move forward on their journey as we've discussed today? What's that one thing to commit yeah, to? When it comes to our world of small business lending, I would say look at however you carve up your your sort of CNI portfolio, and there's usually various tiers. Take the lowest tier, whether it's up to 100,000 or 250,000 or whatever that is, and say, you know, I just want to start with that. I don't need, I don't need a system that's going to integrate with every other system right away and talk to them. Just let's do it in bite-sized chunks. So a, a standalone system that we take the small, the smallest dollar loans, let's start with that and just see how it works. Let's get it going and get the ball rolling with that. And once you get that working in the kinks out at a, at a relatively contained risk level, you can start to expand it out and, and you can integrate with systems and, and add, you know, larger dollar loans and more advisors, et cetera. I like that because I see there's a correlation to that, for example, with CRM. You know, so many financial brands want to move CRM to the corporate level, and it's just too much change, too fast. It's overwhelming, particularly for those on the front line. And we're like, no, 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 no. Let's like let's just focus on one small area here, build a level of confidence through building a level of, of competence, and we move. So the, the same idea, if I'm hearing you correctly, would work here. Let's not try to integrate everything and no, start small, build progress, and then be able to expand that internally. Am I hearing you correctly with this? Absolutely. And it is what we've seen is as soon as you start to get some momentum building, when you've worked out the kinks with the, you know, if it's loans under $50,000 and three advisors, whatever, wherever you choose to focus, if you get that working and people start talking about it and realizing that, yeah, this works, 
then that can snowball. If you start with this big, uh, uh, big hairy project that you could get stuck before you, you get the wins you need to get the momentum. I want to say it was an article from Forbes that I read that 70, and, and it's it's funny you mentioned that the front line here, 78% of people on the front line do not like change at all. Do not move my cheese, please. And so by focusing in on a small group, it's a great way. I think you use the word momentum. It's a great word. Build some momentum. Get some wind in the cells to continue to push the ship forward. Gord, this has been fantastic. If anyone is listening, they want to continue the conversation that we started today. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Reach out, say hello. Yeah, they can uh, reach me at my email address, gord.baisley at judy.ai. That's uh, G-O-R-D dot B-A-I-Z-L-E-Y at J-U-D-I dot A-I. So would love to hear from anybody that wants to uh, have a follow-up chat. Connect with Gord, learn from Gord. You guys are doing fantastic work, Gord, and I really, really appreciate it. It's important work, it's meaningful work, and I'm a big believer in supporting the SMB market because just like community financial brands are the backbone of the local market financially, the SMB market is the backbone of the local economy as well. So thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Thanks for having me, it was great to be here. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.